G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Most of us have heard sermon after sermon, message after message, telling us that we shouldn't sin, that instead we should repent and live a godly, holy life. Well, that's great, but the real question is how? Hi, I'm Bernie Diamond, and thank you so much for joining me again on Christianity Works. How? That's the question, isn't it? That's why today's message is called How to Stop Sin Dead in Its Tracks. So let's head into God's Word and please do stay tuned because in just a few minutes I'll be telling you how you can receive Christianity Works free daily devotional. It's called Fresh and it's all about helping you to live in complete victory over sin just the way Jesus intended. I was never much of an accountant, but I do remember learning about double-entry bookkeeping systems. They were really important back in the manual accounting system days because they provided a double-check to make sure that the accounts balanced. Basically, here's how it worked. Every financial transaction in the accounts had two entries, hence the name double-entry, a credit entry and a debit entry. And the whole point of that was that the double-entry provided a double-check. And it's not just in accounting that you find this approach. You find it in physics too. Newton's third law says that every action has an equal and opposite reaction. In other words, whenever a body exerts a force on a second body, that second body exerts an equal and opposite force on the first body. Maybe that's something we should have learned at school. And it's not just in accounting and physics that we see this two-sided approach to life. We also find it in the spiritual dimension. Absolutely we do. Every spiritual transaction has two sides to it. Every spiritual action in one direction creates an equal and opposite action in the other direction. So what's the point? Well, in this double-sided mystery lies our rubber-hits-the-road solution to overcoming stubborn sin, which is the thing that we're talking about in this series eliminating stubborn sin once and for all. And it's a powerful solution indeed. Last week on the program, we saw that each one of us finds ourselves with at least one stubborn sin in life that we can't seem to overcome. Now, it's different for each one of us. Anger, temper, sexuality, greed, self-esteem, pride, the list goes on. And somehow, that one particular sin comes back again and again to defeat us. But whilst sin is all too common, it's not normal and God's intention is to set us free from that sin. Not only his intention, it's his plan, it's his will and it's something he has the power, the divine power to do. Last week on the program we looked at this particular passage from 2 Corinthians chapter 10 verses 4 and 5. It says, for the weapons of our warfare are not merely human but they have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every proud obstacle raised up against the knowledge of God and we take every thought captive to obey Christ. 
every proud obstacle in our hearts that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and that's what strongholds are that the Apostle Paul's talking about here, can be destroyed by the weapons of warfare which are not human, they're divine, God's divine power. And it's a power that God delights in exerting right in our moment of weakness. So that it's his power and not our strength that overcomes the sin. Here again is what Paul said. We looked at this last week too in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7-9. to He writes, To keep me from being too elated, a thorn was given to me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me, to keep me from being too elated. Now three times I appealed to the Lord about this, that it would leave me. But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for power is made perfect in weakness. So, writes Paul, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. Don't you love this? Instead of just taking the messenger of Satan that was tormenting Paul away, God instead gives Paul the opportunity to discover God's perfect power, the power of Jesus Christ himself in his own experience in overcoming Satan. But it's one thing to know that whilst we have a stubborn sin, and even though it's God's plan to wield his divine power to overcome that sin in our lives, okay, that's one thing. But what you and I really need to know beyond that wonderful liberating truth is how, how to lay hold of God's power and how to overcome the stubborn sin that's been racking our bodies for a lifetime. Well, today, right now, I want to take you deep into God's word and show you God's how. Not my how, not the world's how, but God's how. Now, I've heard this scripture we're about to go to have a look at quoted often, but only half of it, only one side of the transaction and not the other side. And a half-truth is as good as an untruth because a half-truth can easily be made into a lie. It's something the devil does all the time. The half-truth, the part of the scripture that's most often quoted, goes like this. James chapter 4, verse 7, Resist the devil and he will flee from you. And so a whole bunch of people set about resisting the devil. Problem is, the old enemy's been around much longer than you and I have, and he's seen it all. He's wily, he's crafty, he's deceptive, and he'll go to any length to catch us in his snare. He'll wait till the most opportune moment until we're tired or weak or distracted or frustrated or all of the above, and then he'll pounce. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, Like a roaring lion, your adversary the devil prowls around, looking for someone to devour. Lions wait in the long grass until they see a weak animal or a young animal or, or a slow animal separated from the pack, and then they pounce on their prey. The devil's exactly the same. And what we discover when we set about resisting the devil is that working hard just doesn't work. We don't need human weapons in this spiritual battle. We need weapons full of divine power. And it turns out that the way to access and wield those weapons, well, it's a double-sided transaction. The half-truth from the scriptures that I've given you before, let me give you the whole thing now, and you'll see what I mean. James chapter 4, verses 7 and 8. It says this, Submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Do you see the two sides of the transaction involved in defeating the devil, in overcoming stubborn sin? The first is submit yourself to God and then resist the devil. Two sides and the result of that is that he will flee from you. See, when we submit ourselves to God, 
we rebel against the devil. When we submit to the devil, we rebel against God. It's a double-sided entry. It's a double-sided transaction. And some people want to have a foot in both camps. They want to honor God, but they want to go with the devil. And they're the ones who are double-minded, the ones who have to cleanse their hands and purify their hearts. We're going to look at some intensely practical examples of this after the break. But just for now, think back to Adam and Eve in the garden. When they were living that that perfect life prior to the fall, they were submitting to God and getting all the benefits. But on the other side of the ledger, they were resisting the devil. The tree in the middle of the garden, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, it was there all the time. But they just didn't eat of it. And so they lived in the benefit of God's blessing. But the moment they submitted to the devil on the other side of the ledger, they were resisting God, they were rebelling against God in that very first terrible, double-sided act of rebellion. Submission to God equals rejecting the devil. Submission to the devil equals rejecting God. And in this double-sided transaction lies the practical truth of overcoming sin. If we try to do it just by resisting the devil, as we've already seen, that's a half-truth, and it doesn't work. The answer is first to submit to God, to draw near to him, because in so doing, he will draw near to us. And since he's the one with the power, he's the one with the weapons of warfare that have the divine power, the first thing we need to do is to submit ourselves to him. Resisting the devil is what flows out of that. I'm Bernie Diamond and you're listening to Christianity Works. As we take this short break, I'd like to tell you about a free daily resource that I'd love to send you to help you draw closer to God. It's called Fresh, a short daily devotional with a powerful scripture verse and some words of inspiration, hope and encouragement delivered right to the inbox on your smartphone, tablet or computer each and every day. Or if you prefer, you can now also receive a printed version delivered right to your letterbox. It's completely free. To get instant access either to the digital or the printed version of Fresh, stop by our mobile-friendly website, ChristianityWorks.com. You'll see the Fresh e-devotional sign-up right there at the top of the homepage. Or if you prefer, give us a call toll-free on 1300 722 415 to request the Fresh printed devotional. It's completely up to you. Again, online at ChristianityWorks.com or toll-free on 1300-722-415. Go ahead, sign up to receive fresh and may your heart be touched and transformed as you draw ever closer to Jesus through his word. Now, it's funny, but when we finally come to the realization that the way we're living our lives, well, that it's not working, the first thing we do is we invent a bunch of rules to make our lives better. And then we discover that they don't work either. Now, stubborn sin, that sin that we just can't shift, sin that keeps keeping on long after we'd hoped that we defeated it, is a fact in many, many people's lives. And over these last few weeks on the program, we've seen that not only does God understand that, but he wants to give us his weapons full of his divine power right in the middle of our weaknesses to defeat the sin. 
Jesus died and rose again to give us victory, to give us a new life. And so whilst stubborn sin is commonplace, it's not normal and it's not what God means for our lives. In fact, this is something that God takes so seriously that he sends not only his son just to die to pay for all our sin on the cross, but to rise again to give us a new life. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 says this, that if anyone believes in this Jesus, then that person is a new creation. Old things have passed away. And look, all things are new. So whilst many a Christ follower is convinced that their particular brand of stubborn sin is just a fact of life, just something that they have to live with for the rest of their lives here on earth, that's a luxury that the gospel of Jesus Christ doesn't afford us. Jesus came to set us free from every sin. And right now, we're going to continue our look at this practical how-to. How do we lay hold of God's divine power to allow ourselves to be set free by God of this sin and its painful consequences? Now, this is something that frankly puzzled me for a long time. First, I thought I had to do it all. And so I fought against the devil and I tried and I tried and I tried to resist him and overcome these temptations. But as strong-willed an individual as I am, that just didn't work. I ended up lying bloody and beaten and discouraged and dejected and defeated on the battlefield. Okay, 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 that, that didn't work. So what I'll do is I'll leave it all up to God. I'll sit back and let God do it all. But let me tell you, the old spiritual couch potato model, that didn't work either. And it wouldn't amaze me at all to know that you've been there too, right? So the question is, how do we make it work? What's God's part? What's our part? Come on, how do we break free from the power of stubborn sin? Well, before the break, we discovered that not only do accountants have double-entry bookkeeping, not only did Isaac Newton discover that in physics and in nature, every action has an equal and opposite reaction, but when it comes to defeating sin, this spiritual transaction, too, is double-sided. And it's in the double-sidedness of the transaction that we discover our role and God's role. If you were with us before the break, you'll have heard this scripture, James chapter 4, verses 7 and 8. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Do you see the double-sidedness? This is really important. That's why we're covering the ground again briefly. It's not just about racing on and resisting the devil. That's something we can't win on our own. First, first submit yourselves to God. That's the God side of the ledger. And then on the devil's side, resist him and he will flee. That's because when we submit to God, we lay hold of his power and we have the power to resist the devil. And once he sees that power at work, the devil, he's on his bike and he's out of there because he and all his demons have to submit to the name that is above all names, the name of Jesus Christ. Now, the danger is that, that we leave it there and we don't take it down and practical enough to get us something to take away to implement. So I want to go down to the how-to so that each one of us knows how to live out this submission to God and resist the devil so that the devil will flee from us. That's how you overcome stubborn sin. This first example is one that jumped out at me at a Bible study group. Have a listen carefully. It's, it's the Apostle Paul on death row writing to his friends in Philippi, telling them how not to worry. Now listen and see if you can pick up the double-sidedness of God's solution to worrying. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Do not worry about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. 
And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now, I remember sitting there in this Bible study and we talked about worry and people hedged around this and that and and then they were prepared to move on from it without taking God at his word. Listen to me. Worry is a sin. People with their trust in God needn't worry. Worry falls a long way short of living the life of abundant peace that God purchased for us on that cross. What this passage said is, look, here's the solution to overcoming the sin of worry. Instead of worrying, instead of spending your time doing that, replace that with praying and giving thanks to God and telling him your needs. See, first, submit to God. See, that's what's going on here. This is God's way of dealing with the problem of the sin of worry. First, submit to him. Do it his way. Pray and give thanks. Let your needs be known to God. If we take the time that we would have spent worrying and instead we use it to do it God's way, to pray... That's what works. The devil loves throwing doubt in our minds. He loves it when we're discouraged. So how do we deal with him? We submit to God. We do it God's way. And the promise is that when we do that, the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. So what's just happened here? God's weapons of divine power have been brought into play. We have a confidence that comes from God because we did it his way in faith. And so the devil ceases to have any power over us to make us worry. Now, stand in this newfound power from God and watch the devil flee. The secret is in proactively replacing the bad with the good, proactively stepping into this space and saying, no, 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 this worry is from the devil. My only answer is to submit to God. Now I discover his divine power in my weakness. Now I can resist. Now the devil must flee. Let's have another quick look at another practical example. It has to do with the things that we say that hurt other people. So many of us have a problem with that, don't we? Always grumbling, always pulling other people down. Have a listen again to the double-sided solution to overcoming this stubborn sin of how we use our tongues and our mouths and our words to hurt other people. Ephesians. Chapter 4, verse 29, says this, Let no evil talk come out of your mouths, but only what is useful for building up, as there is need, so that your words may give grace to those who hear. How do I stop this addiction to evil talk coming out of my mouth? Do I just sit there and try and hold my tongue? No, God's saying, instead instead of doing that, proactively replace it with my way, says God. Instead of speaking the things that are going to hurt people, speak only what is useful for building other people up as there is need. Replace the bad with the good. Deliberately step out with God and do it God's way and not our way. So when we feel like cursing people with our words, instead we go, no, God's way is to bless them. The devil's got nowhere to go. He's lost his power. Then, having submitted to God, then we simply stand and resist the devil in the power of God because we've done it God's way. And let me tell you, the way I've learned this is simple. I sat down and I thought about my weaknesses. I identified them. And I had more than my fair share. And I looked through the Bible and found a simple verse to tell me when I'm in a situation where I'm prone to live out this particular stubborn sin, what is it that I can do to submit to God in my actions, my thoughts and my words? Right there and then, how can I submit to God? And so when I found myself in that place, 
I knew God's word. I knew how to submit to God. And you know what happened? Little by little, God changed me. And the devil, well, he had no choice. He just had to flee. And when you think about it, this isn't rocket science. This is something that we can apply to any sin in any situation. It'd be just like God to make this simple, wouldn't it? In fact, next week on the program, we're going to look at some more specific details, common stubborn sins that people have in their lives to help each one of us to stop sin dead in its tracks. I'm Bernie Diamond, and you're listening to Christianity Works. I just want to take a moment during this short break to share something truly important with you. The devil is constantly trying to trip you up with the same old tricks, lies, deceptions and temptations. But Jesus came to give you victory, complete victory over all that stuff. That's why I'd love to send you a free copy of our special edition book this month called Eliminating Stubborn Sin Once and for All. It's full of life-changing practical Bible teaching to help you live in the victory over sin that Jesus died and rose again to give you. To request your copy, stop by our mobile-friendly website. It's called ChristianityWorks.com or give us a call toll-free on 1-300-722-415 and we'll send your free book straight out to you in the post. Remember, this isn't one of our usual life application booklets, but a special edition book, Eliminating Stubborn Sin Once and for All. Those contact details, again, in case you miss them, are online at ChristianityWorks.com or toll-free on 1-300-722-415. Now, when we finally wake up to ourselves and admit that the way we're living our lives just isn't working, the next thing we need is something that does work. Because like it or not, what we discover is that by and large, we ourselves are powerless to change. We need power to change. Now, over the next few weeks on the program, we're going to be looking at some very common stubborn sins that people deal with. Anger, sexual immorality, selfishness, low self-esteem, and how to overcome each of those. But as we come towards the end of our time together today, I want to share with you perhaps the most important thing that I know about overcoming stubborn sin in my life. In fact, there's no maybe or but about it. This is the most important thing that I know, and it's this, that prayer works. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says very simply that we should pray without ceasing. Can I tell you something? That verse has stuck with me over and over again as God's done his work in me to overcome the stubborn sin in my life. And let me tell you, I had more than my fair share, and this is what I found. When I was in that time of overcoming anger or overcoming selfishness, God dealt with them one at a time in me. I discovered that on those days when I specifically and deliberately prayed about this sin in my life, first up in the morning, and got focused with those handful of scriptures that God gave me, maybe only a five-minute investment each day, but when I made that investment, I didn't sin. But somehow, when, when I didn't quite get around to it and didn't have time, and you know what it's like, those sins just got the better of me time and time again. And still today, if I don't spend that time with the Lord each morning in prayer and reading his word and letting him have sway in my heart, I tell you, those stubborn sins will find their way back into my life. To put it very succinctly, prayer is the only thing that works. I can't make it any simpler than that. 
and even through the day when, when I was in a situation where that sin was prone to come out of me, just a, a quick prayer under my breath, Lord, Lord, help me. That's all it takes. Pray without ceasing because prayer works. I'm always taken by the time that the disciples were there trying to cast out this demon from a boy while Jesus was up on the Mount of the Transfiguration. They couldn't do it. And Jesus came down, cast the demon out, no problem. And later the disciples went to him and said, So Lord, how come you could do it, but we couldn't? And Jesus said the most surprising thing to them. Mark chapter 9, verse 29. He replied to them, This kind cannot be driven out by anything but prayer and fasting. Now stop and think about it. He's been on the mountain. He's come down to this fast where the crowd and the disciples are trying to cast this demon out and the demon's not going. And instantly, Jesus cast the demon out. Let me ask you, did Jesus have time then and there for prayer and fasting in that moment? No. He was talking about his normal everyday prayer life. He was talking about the fasting he'd been doing before that. And when I scratch around to look at the original text of what Jesus said, recorded in Greek and not English, the deep sense of what he's saying here is this. Nothing but prayer and fasting has the power to cast out the stubborn demons like these. Stubborn demons. The sort that won't go like our stubborn sin. The power is in the prayer. Jesus was incredulous when he saw what was going on. He said, how long must I bear with you, O faithless and perverse generation? Pretty strong language. He was expressing his frustration. Why is it that you still don't get it, my friend? If you would defeat the stubborn sin in your life, it will only happen by prayer. And the odd bit of fasting isn't going to hurt either, I have to tell you. Pray without ceasing. Pray every day. And little by little, that stubborn sin will be gone. So out there in the heat of the battle, with the crowds looking on, that hidden prayer life will bring its rewards. That hidden prayer life will bear the fruit that others see in your life. That hidden prayer life will bring the power of God to bear in overcoming the most stubborn sin in our lives that we could ever imagine. all we have time for today. But before I go, there's something very important that I need to share with you. This program, Christianity Works, is encouraging so many people in over 160 countries to live in the victory that Jesus died and rose again to give them. But you see, that's only possible through the generous support of friends like you. Each dollar that you give towards the ministry of Christianity Works today will help reach almost 3,000 people with the gospel message. So a gift of, say, $35 can touch over 100,000 people with the good news of Jesus Christ. That's amazing. So let me encourage you to give a generous tax-deductible gift to Christianity Work today. You can do that right now, securely online, by visiting our mobile-friendly website, ChristianityWorks.com, or by calling 1-300-722-415. And listen, when you do get in touch, please don't forget to request your free copy of that special edition book that I mentioned earlier. It's called Eliminating Stubborn Sin Once and for all. Again, that's online at ChristianityWorks.com or toll-free on 1-300-722-415. Hey, thanks so much for your support and for joining me today. I'm Bernie Diamond, and I'll catch you again same time next week with another message of God's love, God's grace, and God's power for each one of us in Jesus Christ.
Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.